When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before we start this episode, I have to let you know we had a microphone issue when we recorded. You can still hear all the content, but the audio quality is not at the level we normally have it at for the podcast. These things happen, but there's no way I was not going to release this episode when you consider how great the guests are today. We tried everything to fix the audio and bring it up to snuff, but ultimately we just ended up taking our Patreon and Venmo funds and purchase a new microphone that you're listening to now. So the audio quality issue has been fixed going forward. Thanks very much to our Venmo and Patreon supporters. So, we hope you can ignore the lower than regular quality this time around, and thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy the show! You know, I didn't come here to preach to you today. But you know, when I look at these contestants for the Miss Black Awareness pageant, I feel good. I feel good because I know there's a God somewhere. There's a God somewhere. Turn around, ladies, for me, please. You know there's a God who sits on high and looks down low. Man cannot make it like this. Larry Flint, Hugh Hefner, they can take the picture, but they can't make it. Only God above, the Hugh Hefner on high, can make it for you. I don't know what you come to do, but I come to praise the name. And welcome to Who Will Save Generation X, a trivia game show that is dedicated to remembering, celebrating, and preserving all the wonderful qualities of Generation X through games, trivia, and friends. I'm Zave, your host, and today we have two great contestants ready to compete for fabulous prizes and in the process do their part to save Generation X from being forgotten. Are you ready to do your part? Please play along with our contestants while you listen and see what rad prize you would have wanted if you were here with us saving Generation X from fading into oblivion. We're so happy you've chosen to join us, and I'm sure you're going to get a nice dose of nostalgia and maybe a few laughs along the way. So if everyone's ready, let's start the show. This episode is one that I've been looking forward to for a while now. There's something for everyone here, I hope. But if you like reminiscing about 80s popcorn flicks, TV shows featuring talking cars, and WWF wrestlers from the 1980s, then this episode is one you might especially like. I am very happy to be here. We're going to save Generation X for future generations today with the material we cover with these two good friends. I'm thrilled to have my two guests on the show today. Please welcome to the show the soft serve ice cream king of Southern California, Joe. Thanks for having me. Appreciate bringing me on. Looking forward to burying Donovan in trivia. Let's see if he can do it. He's a tough customer. And Joe will be playing against his friend and former contestant on the podcast. Please welcome back to the show, Donovan. Uh, former contestant, I have to correct that, it's a champion, Donovan, um, who is coming back because I do defend my belt against all comers. I know this is very similar to the uh, boxers that Rocky was fighting prior to uh, Clever Lang, you know, the setup guy, the easy ones. Um but uh, I, I, I'm hoping for a good contest, and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I want to put on a good show for the peeps, so I'll keep them around for a few rounds, so thanks. Did you just refer to your friend Greg as Spider Rico? 
No, Greg was actually Apollo. Oh, okay. You know, that's how I got the belt. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So Joe would be Spider Rico. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. It is an honor. Ain't going to be no rematch. <laughs> He's just another fighter. No, he ain't just another fighter. This guy is a wrecking machine, and he's hungry. Hell, you ain't been hungry since you won that belt. But before we beat them properly, let's give a quick overview of the games we'll be playing today. If you're new to the show, like Joe is, then this is how we play. The show is broken up into three rounds of games. The winner of each of the first two rounds will receive an advantage in the following round, and the player who wins round three will win a chance at today's fabulous prize. Please note that the word fabulous is real shaky in that sentence. We're going to jump right into round one now and get the games rolling. Round one. Hey, guys, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the first game of the day. It's a game we call the Facts of Life. We're going to do the Facts of Life a little different in this episode. Instead of a top ten facts list, I've put together a head-to-head challenge that you'll be giving answers to. An incorrect answer will get you a strike, and the player that gets three strikes loses the round. In the event that nobody strikes out, whomever gets the most correct answers will win the round. The winner of round one will be awarded the power, the power, which is a position that will grant them advantages throughout the show. So no points are awarded for round one, but having the power is a great advantage in each round. Hey, Tommy. My dad is actually a huge fan. We got a live studio audience today. Who will say Generation X is filmed before a live studio audience? Ladies and gentlemen, we got a taste of it a little earlier on here on Saturday night's main event when the madness met the mania. I am talking about Macho Madness and Hulkamania, two mega powers beating here tonight. Hulk Hogan, what is happening? Well, you know me, Gene, we really don't know what we're dealing with here, man. We just might blow the whole planet up, you know. Everybody knows that Hulkamania is the strongest force in this universe. But when I hit that ring and I saw what the madness was all about, I realized there was a whole other universe out there, a whole other frontier, and the power of the madness and the mania just blew my 24-inch guns out, brother. Even for many professional wrestling fans today, the golden era of the 1980s is still the best era in history of the business. With riveting storytelling, captivating storylines, and larger-than-life characters, the World Wrestling Federation was a shared experience by many Generation Xers. As they not only leaped off the top ropes to jump on their opponents, they also jumped into our hearts. These memorable characters have become legends in the pop culture of the day, and we're going to give them some more love in this episode. So here's the game. I will give you the nickname of a wrestler from the Generation X timeline, and you give me their proper wrestling name. For example, if I said the Hulkster, you would say Hulk Hogan. Got it? We flip the coin backstage to determine who goes first, and Donovan, you won the coin flip. So Donovan, you get the first nickname, and it is... Macho Man. Uh, that would be Randy Savage. Correct. Okay, Joe, this one's for you. The word is Rowdy. Rowdy Piper. Rowdy Rowdy Popper is correct. They're going to get a little more difficult as we go on. Donovan, your nickname is The Animal. George the Animal Steel. That is also correct. Joe, The Dragon. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. That is correct as well. We got some fans. Donovan, the eighth wonder of the world. The eighth wonder of the world was was Andre the Giant? That is correct. Yes, that is correct. Well done. No strikes so far. You guys are crushing it. 
They're going to get a little more difficult as the list continues. So over to you, Joe. I shouldn't have worn this shirt. <laughs> yeah, Joe's repping WWF with his T-shirt. And, and not the WWE, the original WWF. Oh, yeah. That, that awesome logo. So your nickname, Joe, here is Superfly. Superfly, Jimmy Snooker. That is correct. Donovan, over to you. The Body. Jesse, The Body Ventura. Correct. That's Governor The Body Ventura to you. Yeah, because he got all normal. So he was like, oh, he wanted <laughs> to go legit. So he dropped The Body. Yeah, he was like Governor of Minnesota or something, I think. He was Governor of Minnesota. <laughs> Joe? Still no strikes. Your nickname is The Barber. Brutus, The Barber, Beefcake. That is correct. Still no strikes. Is that Tommy's clapping in the back for me? <laughs> I, I'm clapping for that one. You pulled out the dragon I, and the barber. That's, that's, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't have either one of those. I, and once you said the names, I remembered them. But. I'm, it's sad how much I follow WWF. It's pretty sad. I watch it every Saturday morning. Yeah. Well, did you watch this famous WWF personality? The nickname is The Brain. Um, he was a manager. I, I don't know if he even wrestled. Um, he had blonde hair. He wore suits. I think he, I think he was the manager of the Million Dollar Man. Um, I can't remember his name. I cannot remember his name. Um, we have a rule where you cannot. You have to answer, or else you get slimed. Um, Bobby the Brain Heenan. That is correct. It just came to me just then. Donovan, are you Googling that? I did not Google it. My son is sitting right here. I did Jason, not you Google it. I literally, I said, I, I said to myself, it's Bobby. I knew after I gave up, I went, no, it's Bobby. And I was like, I just threw Heenan out. But once you say Bobby the brain, there's no other word but Heenan. <laughs> Joe, are you going to continue playing under protest or are we good to go? You're good to go. I'm making sure okay. that typing right now. You're setting the groundworks for an asterisk later. I got it. Got Smart. It. Okay, Joe, your turn. And the nickname is the First Lady of Wrestling. The First Lady of Wrestling is Queen Elizabeth. Mm-mm. That is correct. The, no, it's Miss Elizabeth. Miss Elizabeth. Queen, judges? They're going to allow it. Close okay. enough. She, okay. he, gave, he gave me after I gave him. <laughs> they got married and he became, she became queen, but it wasn't. Is that what happened? Yeah, they got married in the ring. They had a wedding. Wow, wow. pulling out storylines. I, I know. Love it. I love it. I love it. You watch it every Saturday. They must, that must have happened on a Monday episode or something. No, it probably happened on a Friday night SmackDown or a Saturday night When they used to replace the episodes of Saturday Night Live with a Saturday Night Live, a Saturday Night show of wrestling. Saturday Night Main Event, yeah. You remember those? Those were like the biggest deal in the world. Yes. Especially if your parents wouldn't do pay-per-view for WrestleMania like my was, parents would It was do. on NBC. It was like the only way to watch the non-pay-per-view. Yeah. yeah, it was like the biggest thing ever. Like I remember, I, I remember being so excited. Okay, back to you, Donovan. The nickname is Hacksaw. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. That is correct. Come on, guys, you got to get some wrong here. <laughs> this is only an hour-long podcast. <laughs> I'm running out of wrestlers. Back to you, Joe. The Hammer. That would be Greg the Hammer Valentine. That is correct. <laughs> I think the first person that misses is going to lose this game. Back over to you, Donovan. The nickname is Hollywood. Uh, I, I, Hollywood, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, I don't know. Brother. That is correct. Is, is it Hollywood, that was his original name, wasn't it? And I was sitting there going, that can't be it. 
Well, I think that's when he turned into a heel. He changed that, persona. Oh, that was after he became yeah. a quiz show thing going where Donovan's faking that he doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing like a Muhammad Ali. I'm against the ropes. I'm just... <laughs> When he was Hollywood Hogan, I think he had like a, a really deep um, five o'clock shadow and yeah. his, his beard black. I didn't. That was kind of past my stage of wrestling, so that was a little. That, bit. that was that was late late nineties. We try to sneak that one in. Okay, over to you, Joe. The Ravishing One. That would be the Ravishing Rick Rude. That is correct. Donovan, did you know that one? I did not. Joe has literally pulled that one. <laughs> But if I sat here long enough, I might have gotten it. I've, I've literally survived on luck right now. Good thing you won the coin flip, because this could be a, over already. Right. Okay. The Russian Giant. Donovan? The Russian Giant. I'm Nikolai Kruznov. Judges? Mm. That is incorrect. What's the name? Am I supposed to answer or no? Joe, can you steal this? I, I would have said Nikolai Volkov, but I don't know if that's what's the, is that correct? R.I.P. Nikolai Volkov, the Russian giant. That is correct. Uh, I knew it was Nikolai. I couldn't think of last name. Yeah. Get ready to sing the national anthem. I saw him wrestle Hulk Hogan in uh, Anaheim Convention Center, and he made everyone stand up to sing the national anthem for Russia. And that was super early days. Oh, yeah. That was like 83. That was, he was the, he worked with I say who he used to wrestle with who was like the other heel, they would wrestle together. And I'm not going to say it because in case his name comes up. But, but, that's yeah. smart. He's not on the list, but that's still smart. Did I just win the power from Donovan? No, that's only one strike for Donovan. There's only five more on the list. I mean, mathematically, it's going to get real tight here real quick. Joe, this question is for you. And the nickname is The Million Dollar Man. Oh, I know. No, Ted DiBiase. Don't waste your time. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, come on. <laughs> This is a hard show. Those are some famous last words. I'm going to get destroyed by, by Donovan. <laughs> uh, I'm impressed by what you guys have been doing so far, but Donovan, can you get this one? I think you've run out of luck on this one, maybe. Let's see. The Walking Condominium. Oh, I have no idea. Um, Hertz Tower. I really literally have no idea. Like that, I've never even heard that nickname. <laughs> Bob Reuter. <laughs> Bob Reuter is judges? That is incorrect. If Joe gets this, then all hail to Joe's wrestling knowledge. Yeah, I don't think mathematically you can come back if Joe can get this one. What do you got, Joe? That's the first time I've ever heard the walking condom in <laughs> Never heard it either. But there was a, there was a uh, tag team called the Twin Towers, and I don't know if one of them was the walking condominium, but I have no idea who that is. We have a rule in the show. You can't say, I don't know. You have to get, Every oh. question must be given an answer. Have you seen You Can't Do That on Television, on Nickelodeon, back in the day? Slimed, yes. Yeah. Unless you want to get slimed. The walking condominium's name was Donovan McGrath. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, was. Sad enough. High school was tough. And thanks, Joe. (laughs) Sorry, you guys make me laugh too much. Uh, That is incorrect. Give me a hint. I want to know what the answer is. Don't tell me the answer. What's it? Give me a hint. The hint is his regular fighting name was also his nickname, and I had to Google this one to make sure it's correct. A hint? He shares the last name with the most famous Gen X women's oh, shoe still. King Kong Bundy? King Kong Bundy, yeah, that is correct. Was the walking condominium? The walking condominium. Never heard King that. Kong Bundy? King Kong if Bundy. If you said King Kong, I would have known. Right. King Kong. Oh, it's tough. Let's finish this out for funsies. 
Okay. Uh, since we've come this far, I might as well go the rest of the way. Well, Joe won, right? Probably. Let's let's finish it out. There's no you haven't struck out yet, so let's see what happens. Okay. Joe, the worm. Stump me. You stumped me, and I should know this. Oh man, give me a second. Joe acting like it's an SAT question. <laughs> <laughs> I studied for years. <laughs> no, I, I'm so frustrated because I pride myself on knowing so much about this, and it's gonna kill me because I'm gonna know it as soon as you tell me. But I'm not. Maybe not, Joe. This one's a little tricky. But yeah, I'll just I'll get the question wrong and say Jimmy Hart, but it's not. Uh, that is incorrect. That was your first strike, Donovan? You want to steal this? I thought it was the guy he's talking about. <laughs> so so I don't know. No, uh, um, uh, the worm. Um, <laughs> my son, who's never watched these wrestlers, is trying to give me hints. Uh, uh, Tommy, you want to answer this one? Jimmy Sexton. <laughs> Who's an agent? <laughs> that is incorrect. The Worm is the nickname for Dennis Rodman, the basketball oh. player who was a guest wrestler. I had to throw in some curveballs. Don't yeah. give me that look, Joe. No, that's like that's like late nineties, early two. That's not Gen X. Okay, it's mid nineties. It's probably about ninety six, I guess. I'm, I'm guessing about ninety six. You were just trying to get something that we buzz out. Uh, um, now, now I'm annoyed. Now I'm annoyed. <laughs> Let's go. You're going to be more annoyed. I'm going to give you a strike on that. Okay. okay. Donovan. Yes. This one is The Birdman. Oh, um, um, mm, mm, uh, I can see him. I, I, I can't even place the name. The Birdman George. George the Birdman uh, uh, Whitset. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I've now met, I've say names and streets. I put throw it out there because the Birdman, I, I only know him as The Birdman. Like if I saw him, I'd go, oh, there's The Birdman. That's I think you'll know his name. Joe, put him out of his misery. Coco, beware. Coco, beware. Yep. Donovan, that's your last strike. That means, Joe, congratulations. You've won round one. And that means you've won the power. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> Joe, you really wouldn't have liked the last one. What was the last one? The last one was Rodzilla. No clue. That's also Dennis Rodman's nickname as oh. a wrestler. Well, I'm glad we didn't get that far. <laughs> All right. And I don't like to see people hurting one another, but that's not what the game is. Brother. Before we start round two, let's take a moment to better meet our contestants. The judges are the gatekeepers of all things Gen X on the show, and to that end, they are requesting to know from our contestants about their Gen X credentials. Let's see if they can continue playing the game or not. Apart from being born between 1965 and 1980, what qualifies you to claim yourself as part of Generation X, and what might potentially disqualify you from being Gen X? Please welcome back to the show once again our champ, Donovan. Please tell the, the audience a little bit about yourself, and please include your Gen X qualifiers and potential disqualifiers. My name is Donovan McGrath, and I live here in Los Angeles, California. My Gen X qualifiers is, you know, I, I grew up wanting to be a real American, taking my vitamins and saying my prayers. I, am a real um, I like to go places where everyone knows my name. Um, I still want to know where the beef is. <laughs> I, I often fight for my right to party. I do believe Han shot first. And... Um, if you ask me who I'm going to call, you know who it's going to be. <laughs> so that pretty much sums it up. Well done. And what about your disqualifiers, though? Um, I don't hate millennials. <laughs> I don't. I like them. I think they're fine people. And I think a lot of uh, Gen Xers, they get angry at them for no reason. As Gen X, we have to pick a generation to go with because we're so small. 
I'm going with the millennials. I'm not going with the boomers. That is very convincing. Judges, can we let Donovan continue? Donovan, congratulations. You may continue with the show. I agree with you on the millennial bit as well, by the way. I mean, if we got to pick a side, I'll go with the younger side than the older side. Just saying. Also, please welcome to the show, Joe. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and please give us your Gen X credentials and potential disqualifiers. My name is Joe. I'm also from Los Angeles, California. And uh, my qualifiers for Gen X, I'd have to say uh, you would have never found me without an Atari controller not in my hand uh, while watching Knight Rider, The A-Team, and pretty much any other primetime TV show in the early 80s. I also spent my weekends living in the movie theater, so when it comes to TV and film, I hate to say it, but my opponent doesn't stand a chance. This qualifiers, hmm, if it was indie music, it wasn't my thing. So if you want, if you want to go music and we want to talk Pop culture music, Michael Jackson, Madonna, anything from the 80s that was pop, I'm there. But disqualifiers, if you want to go indie rock of the 80s, I'm useless. Judges, can Joe continue? Congratulations, Joe. Let's move on to round two. Round two. Round two is a game called Eight is Enough. In this game, I will ask a total of eight questions, four to each of our contestants. Points are awarded for each correct answer. Two points for a complete correct answer and one point for a partial correct answer, which is up to the judge's discretion. At any time, players can appeal the judges to make a ruling for a partial correct answer and try to make their case through loud arguments and putting the judges in their place. The player who currently has the power, that's you, Joe, gets to choose between two questions to answer. Players take turns answering questions with a chance to steal if their opponent answers incorrectly. A steal is worth one point, but more importantly, a steal also takes the power away from their opponent. You cannot lose points for an incorrect answer. However, all questions must be given an answer, no matter how incorrect it might be. So if you don't know the answer, please try and make something up and make something fun and entertaining for our listeners. The winner of round two will take a secret trip to the prize vault and choose the prize that you'll both be playing for in round three. However, the player who has the power at the end of the round will go first in round three, which is a great advantage. So Joe, you have the power and you can pick between these two questions. Will it be 1.21 gigawatts? which is a movie question, or will it be sexual chocolate, which is also a movie question? Wow, the, the strategy here is I'm pretty confident. Now i got to think about which one Donovan might know less in case I mess it up. <laughs> I'm going to go sexual chocolate because Back to the Future is pretty universal. If you have a chance to go sexual chocolate, you always go sexual chocolate. In the 1988 comedy Coming to America, Akeem and Simi go to a fundraiser at the Miss Black Awareness Beauty Pageant. The fundraiser features a musical performance by Randy Watson and his band, Sexual Chocolate. Randy Watson appeared as Joe the Policeman on what television show? This is a multiple choice. Was it A, What's Happening? B, Good Times? C, What's Going Down? Or D, That's My Mama? D, That's My Mama. But he was on the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. A young man... And you all know is Joe the Policeman from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. I want you to put your hands together and welcome him to the stage. Big round of applause for Jackson Heights' own Mr. Randy Watson. Yes, Randy Watson. <laughs> that boy is good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. <laughs> all points are correct. Well done. I have a feeling Joe didn't need more. <laughs> I have a seven-foot-tall Coming to America poster in my house. <laughs> well done. Here's the fun fact. 
According to Eddie Murphy, his portrayal of Randy Watson was improvised as they were filming. And in that moment, he also created the first ever mic drop. When interviewed about the movie, he said, I defy anyone to find any footage of anyone doing that before Randy Watson. And he then ended the interview by taking off the microphone, clipped on his shirt, and throwing it on the ground. That's two points for you, Joe. You're in the lead. If the game was over right now, Joe, you'd win. That's what I'm saying. Let's see what Donovan has to say about that. That's just math, Donovan. Don't get mad. Your question is called 1.21 gigawatts. That's a movie question. Before the flux capacitor in Back to the Future was powered by beer cans and banana peels, it generated the necessary 1.21 gigawatts of power from a plutonium power source. From whom did Doc Brown obtain the plutonium needed to use in the time machine? So there's some serious flexing going on by Joe right now as he busted <laughs> out his full-size hoverboard from Back to the Future. This is multiple choice. Okay. Donovan, is it A, Russians, B, Ukrainians, C, Iranians, D, Libyans, or E, eBay? I'm going to go with Libyans. Oh, my God. They found me. I don't know how, but they found me. Run for it, buddy! Who? Who? Who do you think? The Libyans! Libyans is correct. You've tied up the score. Two points apiece. I don't want to embarrass myself in front of Joe. <laughs> Libyans, or Libyan terrorists, also known as Libyan nationalists in the novel, were a group of terrorists that were trying to develop a nuclear weapon and asked for the assistance of Dr. Emmett Brown to build it. However, Doc took the plutonium to power his DeLorean time machine and built a mock weapon out of an empty bomb casing filled with used pinball machine parts. Suck it, Gaddafi. So you have retained the power, and you now we got two new questions. You're going to pick between one of the two. First question is called, Don't Hassle the Hoff, which is a television question, or will it be when Saturday night is eight days a week, which is a TV music question? I'm going to go Hassle the Hoff. I thought you might. So you having the power getting to pick between the two questions. Is- oh, I know, but my Knight Rider uh, trivia is not up to par from what I'm concerned right now. <laughs> Again, it's like an SAT test. Go ahead, Joe. This question's super easy. You should totally uh, get it. No, oh, pressure. Nice. no pressure. In episode no pressure. 37. <laughs> <laughs> Who guest stars? <laughs> the winter. Was Michael Knight right-handed or left-handed? <laughs> okay, here we go. Don't hassle the Hoff. The popular TV show Knight Rider starred David Hasselhoff, but it was his co-star Kit, the talking car, that was an even bigger draw for fans to watch the show. What did Kit's initials, K-I-T-T, stand for? This is a multiple choice. Is it A, Knight Industries Tactical Trans Am? B, Knight Investments 2000? C, Knight Incorporated 2000? D, Knight Industries 2000? Or E, Kind of important talky thingy. I'm going to go D. D, Night Industries 2000 is correct. That's two more points. For a time, the Night Rider theme was inescapable and so popular in its synthwave vibe. The tune has been sampled in various songs and movies over the years. It is a true original, or so you probably thought. Truth is, the composer of the Knight Rider theme admits that the theme was lifted from or inspired by another source. Sylvia is a 19th century ballet by French composer Leo Delebibes, and it was here that the composer first heard the theme for Knight Rider. Let's listen to a clip of each, and let's try and spot the similarities. So here's the Knight Rider theme. 
Okay, so that's the Night Rider theme, and now let's take a listen to the inspiration. What do you think, guys? Similar enough? I hear it. I hear yeah. It. I think the composer is trying to sound smart, though. <laughs> like, he, did, he, he it didn't really inspire him. He just picked that up after the fact. He's like, oh, I love classical music. Well, truth is, I just wanted to play a little bit of Night Rider themed music on my show. That's it. <laughs> I mean, if you had a podcast about Gen X and you don't play a little bit of music from Night Rider, I think something's wrong with you. Donovan, this question's for you. You can tie it up right here. This question is called, When Saturday Night is Eight Days a Week? This is a television slash music question. On April 10th, 1970, Paul McCartney gave an interview that signaled the end of the Beatles. It came to much distress by their fans who wanted to see their band get back together. However, in 1976, Saturday Night Live producer Lauren Michaels went on the air and made an offer to the Beatles to reunite on the show and play three songs. What dollar amount was his first offer for all four Beatles? This is a multiple choice. Thank God. <laughs> was it A, $1 million? B, no dollar amount was given, but said John Belushi would give them all the cheeseburgers, chips, and Pepsis that they wanted. Was it C, $3,000, or D, $69? 69 dude. Dollars. Um, see, in 76, a million would be like a legit amount of money. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the John Belushi burgers and, and, and chips. Cheeseburger, chips, and Pepsis? Yes, I'm going to go with that. B is incorrect. I'm sorry. Joe, can you steal this question? Okay, fine. I'll steal it and say A, a million dollars. A million dollars is also incorrect. $3,000. So no points for anyone. The correct answer is yes, Donovan, you got it right. $3,000. Oh, see, you just said I got it right. Like, well, after, <laughs> after half of the options were eliminated and the other one was 69 bucks. <laughs> well done, Sherlock. A month later, Lauren Michaels upped his offer to $3,200 and hotel accommodations. In a skit several months later, Michaels is seen explaining to Beatle George Harrison that the offer was for $3,200 for all the Beatles to appear at once and not $750 for just one Beatle. Paul McCartney said that he and John Lennon were watching the show at Lennon's apartment the night Michaels made the initial offer. They knew it was a joke, but toyed with the idea of driving down to the studio that night and taking him up on his offer anyways, which would have been cool. Now, here it is, as you can see, verifiably, it is a check made out to you, the Beatles, for $3,000. All you have to do is sing three Beatle tunes. She loves you, yeah, 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 that's $1,000 right there. You know the words, it'll be easy. Like I said, this is made out, this check here is made out to the Beatles. You divide it any way you want. If you want to give Ringo less, that's up to you. So the score is... Four points for Joe, two points for Donovan. Joe, you still have the power, and you can pick between these two questions. Will it be Animate Sound Check, which is a head-to-head -head challenge, or will it be Searching for a Dead 12-Year-Old Has Never Been More Fun, which is a movie question? The movie question. Okay. Stand By Me is a 1986 American coming-of-age film based on Stephen King's 1992 novella, The Body. It stars four boys who, in 1959, go on a hike to find the dead body of a missing boy. 
Tell me three of the four boys' characters' names that set off on this classic 80s film. Um, do you want first and last names or just the first names? Of I want first, last, middle names, nicknames, okay. and the names of their parents. So the, Jerry O'Connell was Vern. Then there was Gordy Chance. And the third one, I'm looking at Tommy right now trying to help me. He, he's actually read the box. I know. <laughs> Vern, Gordy, and I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm dating Tommy right now. That's my answer, Vern and Gordy. Vern and Gordy are not three of the four boys. That means that is incorrect. Donovan, you get a chance to steal the power away and get a point right here. My 10-year-old son tell me the answer. <laughs> You'd like to phone a friend. I think your son sitting behind you knows the answer. And you if you don't get it, we'll give him a chance to answer. I, I don't know. I Vernon Gordy, I know that. The boys, right? Just the boys? Yeah, just the boys. And my son's freaking out right now because he knows these answers. Um, he just threw the double guns to his own head because he knows he's killing them that he can't answer this. I yeah, hope you get it wrong so he can answer. I'm going to go with Vernon Gordy and gong me out and let my son go ahead and answer. Okay, that is also incorrect. Tommy, mm-hmm. can you steal this and get a point? I'm not sure if this is it, but was there Teddy and I think there was Chris? That's all four. Gertie, Vern, Teddy, and Chris. And Tommy, Chris, you're correct. Chris was, Chris was uh, River Phoenix's character, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was trying to remember. Who always made the best piece? Because that's what they said. Richard Dreyfuss said at the end. Sorry. Well done, Tommy. I'm trying to justify my wrongness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy going to the teacher after I got failed the test saying, I know the answers. <laughs> so that's no points for either of you two. I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. It happened in the summer of 1959, a long time ago. But only if you measure it in terms of years. Here's the fun fact. Plans for the adaptation of King's story began as early as 1983, with Stand By Me producers was inspired to adapt the novella after reading a copy of The Body. His original plan was to bring the adaptation to life as true to the story as possible, with the title of the movie being the same. However, Columbia Studios disliked the title, commenting that it sounded either like a bodybuilding film, another Stephen King horror flick, or a porno. Thankfully, the future director, Rob Reiner, selected Stand By Me instead, based on Ben E. King's classic song. Uh, it, I don't know, Tommy's in the room. I can't say this dirty joke now. You can say he heard worse. Trust me. <laughs> He was, gonna pay, he, was, he was quarantined with me for a year in the pandemic. I mean, trust. Okay. In a bit of twist of fate, they were unable to avoid the porn parody after all when one was made based off his movie called Stand By Me and Take Out Your Junk. Pretty sure Corey Feldman starred in both of these movies. Poor Corey Feldman. Tommy's got a question. Yes, Tommy? I'd just like to request a point for me for getting all four. <laughs> <laughs> So that brings a score of four points to Joe, two points for Donovan, and one point for Tommy as we go into this question. This is called Cinema Soundcheck. This is a head-to-head challenge, and this is for you, Donovan, but it involves both of you. For this question, I will give you the title tracks for a musical score of a popular movie from Gen X, and you will need to tell me the title of the movie that it's from. Movie scores are usually instrumentals with obscure titles, and that should give you some hints to come up with the name of the movie. We will go back and forth between each player, giving a new movie title with each turn. Two points will be awarded to the player who gets it correct on their turn. Donovan, you need to get this one. This is where the scores can really change. Yes. Yeah, you're either going to be way behind or right in this. So the clues are, this is a movie from 1988, rated R. IMDb lists this as an action thriller movie. Okay? 
I'm going to give you a song title, and you give me a title of a movie. Song number one is called Attention Police. Die Hard. Damn you. That's correct. <laughs> At least let me get some clues out before you crush it like that. What the well, hell? When you said 1988 action film, and I, I, originally, I just thought Die Hard right away. And then, I mean, there were a lot of action thriller movies in 1988. Yeah, but I went to see Die Hard about 15 times with Rich Bagby at the, uh, the Costa Mesa, Mesa Verde movie theater. And, and we both were convinced at that point that it was literally a piece of cinematic masterpiece. So um, 1988, action film Die Hard. That's all I got. So. And, was good enough. and Tommy's seen Die Hard. He wants you to know that. Okay. Uh, some of the other song titles, in case you wanted to know, was Assault on the Tower. Joe, did you know it after the first one, like Donovan did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's a good thing you went first, Donovan. Song three was Have a Few Laughs. Four, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, which was the instrumental version. Song five was Welcome to the Party. Six was Gruber's Departure. Seven was The Nakatomi Plaza. And song eight was Now I Have a Machine Gun. Ho, ho, ho. Is it, was the song really called Now I Have a Machine Gun? Ho, ho, ho? No, that's the joke one at the end. Oh, okay. That's me being silly. I fall for all your jokes. I'm glad someone does. Here we go into the last pair of questions. The score is tied at four points apiece. Joe, you still have the power. And you can pick between these two questions. Will it be Name That Auto-Tune, which is also a head-to-head challenge? Or will it be Rock and Roller Cola Wars, I Can't Take It Anymore? A music question. Okay, I'll do the Rock and Roller Cola Wars. Okay. Billy Joel's song, We Didn't Start the Fire, is a list song. Its fast-paced lyrics include brief references to 118 significant political, cultural, scientific, and sporting events between 1949, the year of Billy Joel's birth, and 1989 in a mainly chronological order. But one specific person comes back again. Who is the only person to be fully named twice in this song? It is not multiple choice. Oh, shoot. I would say Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe is incorrect. Donovan, can you steal the power and get two points and take the lead with the correct answer right here? Um, 49 to 89. I don't know it from hearing the song, so I'm just going to have to use some historical, cultural thing. Um, I'm going to go with Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley is incorrect. Richard Nixon is the correct answer. Ah. Ah. Nixon is mentioned at the beginning of the song along with Joe McCarthy and Marilyn Monroe. He is then mentioned later in the song, Birth Control, Ho Chi Minh, Richard Nixon Back Again, is how it goes. Birth Control, Ho Chi Minh, Richard Nixon Back Again. Well, now I, now I know it. Yeah, well, well, there's a clue in the question. I said one person comes back again. It's written in quotes. Can't you hear the quotes in my question? No. Oh, yeah. The tune was nominated for a Grammy Award for Record of the Year, and also Blender Magazine ranked We Didn't Start the Fire as number 41 on its list of 50 worst songs of all time. You either loved it or hated it. I think. Blender Magazine. I like that. <laughs> okay, so that's no points for either of you. The score is tied. This will decide it. It's called Name That Autotune Head-to-Head Challenge. For this question, the judges will perform part of a popular Gen X song, and you will have to give me the title and artist of the song. The catch here is that the judges are terrible performers, and they will also be using an awful fake British accent to make things sound more confusing and silly than are necessary. There are a total of three songs that you'll take turns answering, with the regular rules applying for stealing the power as well as stealing points. So that means this question could potentially be worth up to five points to one of you. So anything can still happen. 
Hey, Donovan, this song's for you. Can you take the lead? This song is from 1979. You know, I was, I was wondering, you know, if, if you could keep on. Because the force, it, it's got a lot of power, you know. It make me feel like, ah, it, it make me feel like, woo. Artist and title. 79. Mm. I was, I was six. I guarantee you've heard this song since you've been six. The BG staying alive. That is incorrect. Mm. Joe, can you steal this? Do I get a point for the artist or do I have to get the whole thing for the point? For the steal, it's uh, artist and title. You can make an argument with the judges okay. if you like. It's Michael Jackson, and the title of the song is Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. That is correct. That is a steal with one point. You've taken the lead. You got five points. Donovan still got four points, and Tommy was still with one point. Yes, Tommy. I wish I had a point. <laughs> Wow. Put that, in, put that in the commercial. <laughs> uh, here's the original, just in case you want to hear it. You know, I was, I was wondering, you know, if you could keep on because the force has got a lot of power. You know? It makes me feel like that. It, it makes me feel like that. That might be more familiar for some of our listeners. My mom had the album. See? Being six had nothing to do with it. Okay. <laughs> so, this question's for you. Okay. This will give you an insurmountable lead if you can get this question correct. Oh, no pressure, no pressure. No pressure. This is song number two. It's a song from 1991. Come, doused in mud, soaked in bleach, as I want you to be, as a trend, as a friend, as an old memory are, memory are, memory are, memory are. And I swear that I don't have a gun. No, I don't have a gun. Come as you are, Nirvana. That is correct. Wouldn't have got it if you hadn't played the I don't have a gun part. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Joe. That gives you a very large lead. We're going to do song number three. Let's see if we can get this one, Donnie. This is a song from 1982. As soon as the Sharif was chauffeured out of there, the jet pilots tuned to the cockpit radio blare. As soon as the Sharif was out of their hair, the jet pilots wailed. Is that Rock the Casbah, the class? That is correct. Yeah, the one song you give me that Michael Jackson said. <laughs> Thanks. That was a very close game, but the final score is seven points for Joe, six for Donovan, one for Tommy. That means, Joe, congratulations for winning round two. You and I are going to take a trip to the prize vault in secret where you're going to select the prize that the two of you will be playing for in the final round. But before we do, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. After these messages, we'll be right back. If you're enjoying the show so far, please consider giving us a positive review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to future episodes. It costs you nothing to give us a positive review and subscribe, but it would mean a whole lot to me. We'd love to have you as a friend of the show. Thanks so much. Now back to the program. So you and I need to make a secret trip to the prize vault. Round three is a prize round called Dysfunctional Family Feud. In this final round, I will ask the same five survey questions, Family Feud style, to each player in turn, and they will need to give me the response to what they think is the most popular responses from the Generation X timeline. That's the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. These are actual survey questions taken from actual people from Generation X that have been quizzed by the show via Facebook. The player who has the power, which is you, Joe, 
gets to answer first with player two unable to hear the responses. Player two will then have to give responses to the same five questions and beat the other player's score without duplicating any of their answers. Whoever gets more points wins the game and goes on to claim a chance at their prize that the winner of round two has selected in secret. We have that item. Joe, well done. Good choice. We're going to put Donovan back in the waiting room. Joe, you get one pass. So the pro tip is make sure you use your pass. They're very valuable. Yep, let's do it. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Besides Superman and Batman, name a superhero with the word man in his name. Spider-Man. Which scratch and sniff sticker smelled the best? Strawberry. Name a Gen X song with a color in the title. Which was the best afternoon talk show? Oprah. Which was the best Eddie Murphy movie? Coming to America. And going back to the one he passed on, name a Gen X song with a color in the title. Black Pearl Jam. (laughs) (laughs) That is not going to be on your list. Oh my God, that was tough for me. Yeah, that one's not easy. Donovan... We have recorded Joe's answers, and let me tell you, the door is open for you to win this. Don't F it up. I will ask you the same five survey questions I asked Joe. You may not duplicate any of his answers. If you do, I'll say try again, and you'll give me another answer. It's a little bit more difficult, so you have two passes. Make sure you use your passes. Let's do it. Your time will begin after I finish reading the first question. Besides Superman and Batman, Name a superhero with the word man in his name. Aquaman. Which scratch and sniff sticker smelled the best? Strawberry shortcake. Try again. Grape. One more. What would you say? Grape. I thought you said prune. I said grape. (laughs) Those prunes. Mm. (laughs) Judges, did he say grape or prunes? Might be a little controversial here. We'll have to go back to the tape. (laughs) Name a Gen X song with a color in the title. Um, pass. Which was the best afternoon talk show? Oprah Winfrey. Try again. Donahue. Which was the best Eddie Murphy movie? Pass. Okay, you're out of passes. Name a Gen X song with a color in the title. Red, Red Wine. The remake, obviously. And the last one, which was the best Eddie Murphy movie? The Red Hills Cop. How you doing, Joe? Donovan, I think you won. <laughs> Why is that? Did you not answer them all? I couldn't get the color one to save my life. I, I'm not really strong with the red, red wine. I don't know if that's something anybody remembers. And I think Comes to America is the best Murphy movie, but 48 uh, My son just mentioned Purple Rain, by the way. Yeah. Purple Rain, that's probably the best one. And that's probably number one. As that's... far as it's straight away, how did you guys not know? Look at my son taunting us now. Oh. Well, you said the worm the when you finished Rodman's name, nickname. Hey, you won that one, bro. Let it go. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's go to the scores. I asked you, besides Superman and Batman, name a superhero with the word man in his name. Joe, you gave us Spider-Man, which was the number one answer. With 40 points. Woo-hoo. Then you gave us Aquaman, which was the number two answer 
worth 25 points. So the score is 40 to 25. So we quiz people on Facebook and they give some pretty wacky answers sometimes. So I like to give the honorable mentions to some of the lesser credible answers. Uh, honorable mention to the, the superhero question. We have one vote for Bartman, one vote for Fartman, Bluntman, and the best one was Powdered Toastman from Ren and Stimpy, all with one vote apiece. Next question was, which scratch and sniff sticker smelled the best? Joe said strawberry, which was the number two answer, worth 26 points. Donovan, you said prunes, which would not make the survey. And then you gave me some threatening look. The judges felt intimidated, and they changed your answer to grape, which happens to be the number one answer, worth 30 points. Joe has 66, and Donnie has 55. Yes, Tommy? Cherry on the list at all? Cherry. He wants to, he's keeping his score, too. Cherry did not make the survey. Uh, there was one vote for the scratch and sniff sticker for skunk, but none for the skeleton one that smelled like a dead body. Uh, a little disappointed in my fellow Gen Xers for missing out on that one. So the third question was, name a Gen X song with the color in the title. Joe, you gave us Black Pearl Jam. Surprisingly, not on the survey. <laughs> Donnie, you gave us Red Red Wine. Now, the judges want to know, do you mean the Neil Diamond version or the UB40 version? The, the, I said the remake, UB40. UB40, yes. Okay, UB41 did make the survey, and that was number four answer with 12 points. And, and was Purple Rain on the list? The number one answer was Purple Rain. How many points did it be? That would be worth 37 points. Uh, Tommy got the number one answer. Tommy. Ten years old. Ten years old. <laughs> that means the score is now at 66 for Joe and 67 for Donovan. One point separates you. And Tommy has 77. <laughs> Tommy's killing it. <laughs> I asked you, what was the best afternoon talk show? Joe, you gave us Oprah, which was the number four answer, worth 18 points. And Donnie, you gave us the number one answer, which was Phil Donahue, worth 33 points. Honorable mention goes to the single votes for the Tom Green Show and one vote for Gilligan's Island. <laughs> so it all comes down to this. I asked you, what's the best Eddie Murphy movie? So any score over 100 is doing very well. Currently, the scores are Joe with 84 points and Donnie with 100 points. It's 77. Final, it all comes down to which Eddie Murphy movie was best, by, according to Gen X. Joe, you gave us Coming to America, which was the number two answer, with 29 points, bringing you to a grand total of 113 points. That's over 100. You did your job. Well done. So only 14 points separates you at this point. Donovan, you need to get 14 points to win. You gave us Beverly Hills Cop. What did Gen X say? Is it not enough? Survey said. Seven Hill Cops was the number one answer with 35 points, bringing you to a grand total of 135 points. That means you, Donovan, you are doing your part to save Generation X, and you have won the game. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. I got 106 points. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy scored 106. Tommy had a surprise nailed Purple Rain. Like, I can't believe, after he said it, I don't know if Joe felt this way. I felt like, did. why did I not think Purple Rain? Like, why wouldn't I? Tom, you came in third place. Congratulations. <laughs> well done. Donovan, I picked a hell of a prize for you. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> oh, wow. For winning round three, I offer a chance of a prize by me placing bids on my eBay watch list on the winner's behalf. 
I will place multiple bids on the listing chosen in secret by Joe until I am the high bidder. If that bidding holds up till the end of the auction, then I will buy that item for you, Donovan, and have it shipped out to you. Good luck. Let's take a look at all the prizes. First item in the prize vault is have your own personal misunderstanding with the McDonald's people by wearing this t-shirt from Coming to America featuring the McDowell's logo and the phrase printed on it, home of the Big Mick. Next is an issue of Mad Magazine from 1987 that has Alfred E. Newman posing as Max Headroom on the cover and features a parody of Stand By Me inside. No word if Corey Feldman is in this issue or not. Probably. Probably. Impress your guests at your next fancy dinner party when you bust out this vintage collectible drinking glass from McDonald's featuring Mayor McCheese printed on it. This is a garbage pail kid called Deadly Donnie which looks like some sort of T-1000 looking character crashing in an airplane with bodies squirming underneath the burning wreckage. Seems appropriate. In the 90s, Levi's did their best to save Generation X when they used the Happy Days catchphrase, sit on it, as their advertising campaign. No, you can as well with this t-shirt from Levi's that reads, sit on it. Still not sure what it is. Add to your collection of nearly forgotten cast members' autographs from Saturday Night Live with this 3x5 card signed by none other than Joe Piscopo himself. This garbage book kid reads, Joe Blow. But get your mind out of the gutters. He's blowing bubblegum in this picture. And finally, here's a once-in-a-lifetime chance to thrill the special Nancy in your life when you win this hand-signed 3x6 photo of the car from Knight Rider signed by Kit himself, William Daniels. It reads... To Nancy, best wishes, William Daniels. I defy you to find this in any other game show or podcast in existence, only here on Who Will Save Generation X. Joe, will you please reveal to the listeners and Donovan which item we're going to be bidding on today? This was a difficult decision. There were so many great choices, but I thought it was perfect to uh, go with this autograph to Nancy from William Daniels. (laughs) I'm so happy you did. Well done, Joe. So, Donnie, you can either take this bid on the William Daniels authentic hand-signed autograph, or you can take what's in this mystery box. Anything can be on this box, but it's your choice. Hold on the box again. Let me see the box. What's in the box? What's in the box? Tommy's seen seven? No. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy, can no. Tommy references movies he's never seen, okay? So don't ask him about Pennywise because he's okay. more on about it. For Got a while. it. Uh, so I have a choice between the box? The box or the bid? I can't receive the autograph to Nancy. It's because Nancy is a fictitious character who lives in our house and we're depressed. So um, I have to go, and this is really to her, isn't it? Nancy is, is important to us. So, yeah, we're going to go with the, I'm going to go with the autograph. Please. Okay. You want to know what's in the box? What's in the box? Yeah. I'm sorry I can't tell you what's in the box. It's going to roll over for the next episode. But let's bid this item up. I don't think anyone's sad about you getting this item, Donnie. This is, this is the right choice, I think. Oh, there's already one bid on it. That means there's a bidding war. Oh, damn it. This could go up. Well, Nancy's a very important person. Damn it. We've been outbid. Let's try again. Outbid. Let's try again. Son of a gun. Bid. All right, we're the highest bidder. I was sweating it. At $3.25 with $2.99 shipping. Donovan, if we win this bid, I'll have this shipped out to you at no charge to you. Thank you so much for doing your part to save Generation X. Thank you for checking out the show. We know you have a vast ocean of choices for your podcast and enjoyment, and it is simply amazing. 
that you chose to spend a little time on our little show. Thank you so much. If you like the show, you can join us on Facebook and our Facebook group of the same name. We post fun Gen X content there every day, and the community gets into some lively topics that I'm sure you'll enjoy. If you'd like to contribute directly to the show, we have a Patreon account set up at patreon.com slash whowillsavegenx. Contributions there go directly towards keeping the show going, offering better prizes for the contestants, and all-around improvements for future episodes. At our Patreon site, you'll see special offers for becoming a contributor to the show, so take advantage of those if you're interested. If you like what we're doing here and want to save Gen X from being forgotten and can afford to spare a few bucks, you can contribute there. If not, please consider us next time. In either case, thank you so much for listening. Before we go, we'd like to do some shout-outs and plugs. Joe, I am excited to talk to you about your plug. Let's hear it. First of all, shout-out to Donovan for having me on the show, even though he destroyed me. Pretty devastating. But, yeah, I will plug my business. I own CBT Soft Serve. It is a soft serve ice cream business in Los Angeles. You can check out where we're located every day at CBT Soft Serve on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I follow you on social media, and I tell you, I don't live in L.A. anymore. But you're worth following on social media just because your posts are, are so much fun and super creative. And I mean, this is the first time I've ever met you, but I laugh every time I read your guys' stuff. And your story is super interesting on your website. I highly recommend everyone going to check it out. We'll post a link on the show notes. It's worth a read. Even if you never taste the beautiful ice cream that, that you provide, uh, it's, it's worth checking out your social. It's, it's good fun. Hey, uh, Joe, is, is it worth mentioning like... You're the ice cream supplier to the stars. Like you do like Hollywood parties and stuff, right? Every celebrity. And I'm, I'm just going to say it for Joe because he's too humble. Every celebrity in Hollywood lines up for Joe's ice cream. They, they bring him to their house. They bring him to parties. He has given ice cream to the one, the only Mr. Bill Murray. And uh, that's, that's uh, the true story. Yeah. I, I feel like we were underselling it. Like the ice cream trucks, that's, that's a, it's a big deal. Like it's a real, real thing. I called you the ice cream king in the opening, but like I should call you the ice cream supplier to the stars or some junk. <laughs> I can't call myself the king. So I, I, you didn't call yourself the king. I'm calling you the king. There's no official king of ice cream in Southern California. So, I mean, I think it. the judges and I qualify for being able to say who's the king of ice cream. And, L- uh, and congratulations. All hail the king. I am the king. Thank you so much. The LA Times named my wife and I the emperors of soft serve ice cream. Their words, not mine. Thank you. Yeah, you can find all the info on cbtsoftserve.com. Thanks, Joe, for being on the show. And our two-time champ, Donovan. What do you got to shout out and plug? Uh, well, first off, I'd give a shout out to my lovely wife, Stacy. I didn't shout out to her last time. She got mad. And then, of course, my son, Thomas. And uh, plugs, uh, you know, I, I don't have a business because I'm usually just the reigning champion and takes up most of my time with appearances and such. Um, and I'll also plug um, a business that I like a lot, Best Friends Animal Society in Los Angeles over in Mission Hills. That's where we got our best friend, Thomas Jefferson, our, 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 our doggy, Tommy's doggy. And uh, there are no-kill shelters, so if you are looking for a dog and uh, or a cat, then uh, go check them out when you're in Los Angeles area. I will vouch for, even though I am a vegan, prior to veganism, and CBT hates vegans, but prior to veganism, I will say I had CBT ice cream whenever I saw their truck on Ventura Boulevard. It is some of the best soft serve ice cream that you can get, and it's truly an experience. So, so if you're in Los Angeles, you're in the Valley, Ventura Boulevard, you see the CBT truck, Go check it out. I wanted to hype up Joe more because he's too humble. He won't talk about how awesome his business is and how great. Thank you. I wasn't a vegan. I would eat it every day. Well, I'm not a vegan and I'm a big fat guy. So I look forward to having it sometime. (laughs) 
Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Before we go, I'd like to leave you with a cliffhanger question. If you know the answer, please reach out to me on our Facebook group page, or you can email me at whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. Also, if you have any feedback for the show, would like to submit a trivia question or segment idea, or would like to be a contestant on the show, you can reach the judges at that email address as well. If we use your idea or questions on the show, we'll be sure to give you a shout-out. Once again, that email address is whowillsavegenx at gmail.com. And now, this episode's cliffhanger question is, what was the name of Punky Brewster's dog? Correct answers to the cliffhanger question will be put in a drawing for a prize at a later date. Last episode's cliffhanger question has been posted to the Facebook group page, so you can find out all the details there. Well, that's it for the episode, everybody. Thanks again for checking out the show. We welcome you to subscribe to the show for future episodes, where we will once again ask the question, who will save Generation X? Later. I believe the children are our future. Thank you. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride. Make it easier. Because the greatest love of all inside of me. Check the chocolate. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.